God asks us to step out on faith and step out in a place we can't see it, that's where faith really comes in. So I want to talk about that this morning. And uh, I want to remind you guys that uh, if you'll be paying attention, um, we're making sure we're using uh, technology. We have the website. We have Facebook. We have different places where we're letting you guys know what's going on, different events. Yesterday, the discipleship and the outreach was on uh, our site and on Facebook. And if you haven't gone there yet and liked it, like it, get on there so you can be knowing and trying to to tell the day before what I'm going to be preaching about the following day so that you can be uh, preparing your, your hearts and your spirits for that. So I want to talk this morning, if you're taking notes, about blind faith. As you see up here on this picture, uh, a lot of times we fail in our faith because we're trying to see things God does not want us to see. And uh, there was a man who, excuse me, fell over a cliff. And as he fell over this cliff, he tumbled down the mountain and got to a place where he actually fell off where there was no return and happened to manage to grab onto a scrubby bush growing from the side of the rock. Terrified, he was hanging there in space, his life flashing before him, and in desperation, this is like many people, he shouted to heaven, is there anyone up there? I mean, that's the world today, right? When we need God, is there anyone up there? To his astonishing delight, a voice floated down to him. I am the Lord God, and I am here. What should I do, called the man. The voice replied, let go of the branch, and with my protection, you will float harmlessly down to the beach below. The man glanced under his feet to the jagged rocks about 3,000 feet below, And he gulped and looked back towards heaven and said, well, is there anyone else up there? Amen. Come on, let's be real this morning, right? That's kind of how we are. I want to really get into your living room this morning and get to where we think because we need to understand that the faith we have is blind. And we do a lot of things. If you really think about it, we do a lot of things out of blind faith. Sometimes we think, in our minds is God really real does God really do what he says he's going to do and we have all these questions that are mental and they're real questions because we live in a real world with real problems and we've all had doubts about our faith but I want to read out of that book of Hebrews chapter 11 this morning which is called the faith chapter and as we're thinking about this this morning we have those doubts you know it's not so surprising that we do a lot of things by faith and if we do it out of out of uh, a repetition many times and don't even realize we're doing it i've said this before when you got up this morning to get out of bed you got up and stood up by faith that you wouldn't fall down you put your feet on the ground by faith that something would be there to put your feet on and then when you took your first step now think about this this may sound elementary but you began to walk to the bathroom to begin to get ready to find your clothes and you every step you took was a step of faith You just believed blindly that you were walking where you were supposed to walk. And how many know blind faith has stubbed some toes before? Amen. We have our in-laws, our brother and sister-in-law staying with us. Sorry to be your in-laws. I guess you're still in-laws, but not the parent kind. Amen. 
And so we, we have some stuff in our guest bedroom and a lot of clothes get accumulated there and we can't keep up with the washing. And so when they first got back or got in, Carla had moved everything from that room into our room right inside the door and it wasn't usually there. And so I almost fell on my face when I walked in and that whole section of our room had stuff in it. So we walk by blind faith many times and sometimes it can hurt us. We can stub our toes or whatever. You go to turn that light switch on. How many got up this morning and it was still dark? I, I know I, I know I did. I don't know about y'all telling me the truth. Okay, I believe you. All right, you got up and it was still dark and you went to turn that light switch on. You had faith that when you pulled the switch up, light was going to come on. How many are following me? You came out to your car. You put the key in the ignition. You turned the ignition and you didn't even think twice about the fact that it was going to turn on unless you've had car problems. Amen. But how many get what I'm saying? There's so many things we do in blind faith that it shouldn't be that hard to trust God. Yet there's something there that's trying to always come against that faith. Let's look at the book of Hebrews. Let's look at a few verses here in the chapter 11. This is what the Bible calls the faith chapter. And the neat thing about this book and this faith chapter is that this is the story of many men and women who did have faith, but they had it in difficult circumstances. And I want you to underline some things this morning. If you've got a pen and if you're taking notes, however you can do it, I want you to see some things this morning. This first verse is a powerful verse. And how many know we need to get the word out of our minds and into our spirits? Amen. The, the Bible can sound good and, and verses can sound good. You know, Jennifer gave that awesome testimony that it sounded good to be out of debt. That sounded good. When she first heard Dave Ramsey or somebody talk about getting out of debt, and as we listen to that testimony, nobody in here is going to say that doesn't sound good. It sounds good to be out of debt, but how many know you got to take some action? And you actually have to apply those, those principles to your life. And the Bible says in verse 1, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for. Faith is believing for something you don't have. Blind faith is believing in something you don't have. You don't hold keys to your car in your hand and say, I wish I had a car. You are believing in faith for things that you cannot touch. And that is the way God established it, and that is the way God likes it. God loves it, and you're going to see that in a second. And he says, the evidence of things not seen. Now, I could spend hours and weeks and months on that one verse because there's a lot there. He says, the faith is the substance. That means it's, it's something that can be touched, but it sometimes doesn't seem real. And the evidence of things not seen. Underline that if you have your pen, not seen. Then we're going to read on, for, for, for by it, speaking of faith, the elders obtained a good testimony. By faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God. Stop there and ask yourself that question. Do you believe God created this world? So that the things which are seen were made of things which are visible. Sorry, the things which are seen were not made of things which are visible. By faith Abel offered to God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain through which he obtained witness that he was a righteous God testifying of his gifts. And through it, being dead, he still speaks. By faith, Enoch was taken away so that he did not see death 
and was not found because God had taken him. For before he was taken, he had his testimony that he pleased God. As we continue here for a second, I want to let you know that when you have faith, big things happen. And big things never happen without faith. When you have faith, you can expect big things to happen. And when something amazing happens, you can be sure faith was involved. But without faith, this is one of my favorite verses in verse 6. Is anybody in here want to please, does anybody want to please God? I just want to see if there's anybody in here that would love to please God this morning. That would absolutely love to make him smile. Well, guess what? I know how. And it's right here in this verse. It says, but without faith, it is impossible to please God. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. So God says, the way you please me is by believing in my word and by believing in what, I, what you do not see. Now this is contrary, absolutely contrary to the world. Can you say amen? How many agree with that? The world says, Let, prove it to me. Let me see it. Let me, let me touch it. But God says, I want you to believe. What really pleases me is when you believe in me, but you haven't actually seen me do it yet. When you wake up and you say, I'm going to have a great day in God today, and you believe that, God says, I am pleased with that faith. And so we go on. Without faith, it's possible to please God. Verse 7, by faith, Noah, being divinely warned, watch this and underline it, of what? Things not yet seen. We talked about this a little bit in men's discipleship yesterday. That when Noah, you got to realize, church, when Noah built that ark, water had never touched the earth before. There had never been a flood before. There had never been rain before. They were, they were talking and expecting and waiting for and preparing for something that had never been seen. And that was a crazy thing. And yet Noah said, God, I believe you at your word. And he began to build an ark believing that something was going to happen that had never happened before. And we are in those days today as we believe that God is going to do great things in these last days, that Jesus is going to return. We've never seen Jesus return, but the Bible says he's going to. We, they had never seen the flood, but the flood came. Amen. So it says, Thing, uh, being warned of things yet not seen, moved, verse 7, with godly fear, he prepared an ark for the saving of his household, by which he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness, which is according to what? Faith. By faith, Abraham obeyed, obeyed when he called out to God to the place which he would receive as an inheritance. And he went out, this comes out of Genesis 12, not knowing where he was going. By faith he dwelt in the land of promises in a foreign country, dwelling in tents with Isaac and Jacob, the heirs with him of the same promise. He waited for the city which, was, which has foundations, whose builder and maker is God. By faith Sarah herself also received strength to conceive seed, and she bore a child when she was past the age, because she judged him faithful who had promised. Amen. See, we read these stories in Genesis when they were happening. When God said to Abraham, I want you to leave your country. I want you to leave everything you have. See, I can really relate to that this morning. I've been there and I've done that. I know what it's like to be called by God, 
to leave a place and go somewhere I've never been before and go to a place I've never worked before and go to a place I don't know anybody and start something and say, God, I just trust you to do what you're gonna, you said you're going to do. Amen? How many have seen God do that in your lives this morning? So we read the book of Genesis and then we see in Hebrews 11 the finished product and I can look back and I can see that when we went to Costa Rica, we went on nothing but faith, blind faith, blind faith. And now all these years later, I can look back and I can see what blind faith produced. Amen. Write that down. I want to see what blind faith can produce. See, when you do what you can do in your own power, in your own talent, in your own strength, you're going to get what you can get. But when you connect with God and you set up with an eternal, supernatural God, then you're going to get what a supernatural, eternal God can give you. It's always going to be better what God gives you, but how many know it's going to be difficult in the beginning? When God told Abraham, I want you to leave your country and I want you to go to another place, it wasn't easy. He had to pack up. He had to trust God every step of the way. But thank God he did it. And now the story is told of the amazing things God did through Abraham, through Isaac, and through Jacob. And we know that we serve the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Amen. Because they walked out on blind faith. Let's go on. Verse uh, 8, correct? 12. All right. Therefore, from one man and him as good as dead were born as many as the stars of the sky in multitude, innumerable as the sand which is by the seashore. I, I wasn't really planning on talking about that, but something just struck me. I hope you saw what you just read right there. From one man who was as good as dead. You might be here this morning and you might be thinking, man, I'm, it's over for me. I can't do it. I, I, there's no hope. I'm too far gone. I'm too far messed up or I've missed too many opportunities. The Bible says this man was almost dead. He was really dead. But God said, I'm not done with you yet, Abraham. Sarah, I'm not done with you yet. Amen. You, if you've made a lot of mistakes in here this morning, I want to give you some good news. You can begin to walk by blind faith and say, God, if you're not done with me yet, I believe you at your word and I know that you still got a plan for me and I know you're still going to do awesome things through me. I trust you, Lord. Use me. You can use Abraham and Sarah. You can use me. Amen. Almost dead. You can, God can speak to those dry bones. Amen. Verse 13. These all died in faith, not having received the promises, but having seen them afar off, assured of them, they embraced them and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. For those who say such things declare plainly that they seek a homeland. Remember, church, this is not our home. And if truly they had called to mind that country from which they had come, they would have had opportunity to return. But now they desire a better, that is, a heavenly country. Does anybody have heaven on their mind? Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared a city for them. Let's close up with this. By faith, Abraham, when he was tested, offered up Isaac, who had received the promises offered up by his only begotten son, of whom it was said, in Isaac your seed shall be called. That's for those of you that don't understand what God's doing right now. Those of you that, that know God's hands on your life, but you can't make sense of your situation. 
The promise is there, but God is saying, I, I, I'm, I'm, you, I need you to just trust me right now. I need you to step out of, of your own situation, your own understanding, because you go, God, you've given me a promise. Abraham said, God, my seed is your promise. The only way I can have the seed, that, um, like the sand on the seashore, is if, if, if he's born. And now he's been born to me, and you're asking me to give him back to you. When God really begins to move in your life, is when you really begin to walk in blind faith. Abraham's blessing did not just come from obedience of saying, I believe that God can give me a child. His obedience came that when that promise was placed in his hand, somebody get this, when the promise was placed in his hand, God said, I want it back. And Abraham did not hold it for himself and say, God, this is the promise you've given me. This is where blessing comes in. This is where finances come in. This is where joy and peace and overflow come in. When you're able to give back the blessing God gave to you, to him. And say, this is not mine. This is yours. I'm not going to hold on to it. And I trust you enough that even though you said you were going to use this, you're asking for it back. If you're asking for it back, you're going to give me better back than what I gave you. Come on. Amen. Blind faith. Blind faith. Concluding, verse 19, that God was able to raise him up even from the dead, from which he also received him in a figurative sense. Amen. There was a story of an eye surgeon who went to China as a missionary. And he began to practice in one of China's hospitals. And one of the first surgeries he performed was on a man who had been nearly blinded by cataracts. Cataracts, sorry. The operation was successful, and the man recovered his sight 100%. A few weeks later, the missionary was greatly surprised when 48 blind men showed up on his hospital's doorstep. These blind men had walked more than 250 miles from a remote area of China to get to the hospital in order that they might have their sight restored. They had traveled the entire distance, listen to this, by holding on to a rope that kept them all together. And guess who had held the front end of the rope and led them all the way? It was the man who had had his eyesight restored by the generous missionary. So should it be with us today, church, as Christians. How many have had your eyes opened up by God to see the gospel and to see the salvation of the Lord? We need to begin to go get the blind people. And we need to begin to lead the people back to Jesus so that they can be, have their eyes opened like we have. Amen. How many know some people out there right now that need to be led by a good testimony? Amen. We've heard the old saying, the blind leading the blind. But we are no longer blind anymore. I used to be blind, but now I see. I was lost, but now I'm found. Amen. And I've got a call on my life, and you've got a call on your life to go get some people and bring them to the feet of Jesus, the great physician. 2 Corinthians 5, 7 says, we walk not by sight but walk by faith. Oh, it's hard. Yes, it is. That's why not everybody does it. That's why a lot of people believe or, 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 or confess Christ and give their lives to the Lord and make a declaration of salvation, but don't do what Matthew 24 says, which is endure to the end, because it gets hard. 
And they get to those places where there's nothing left to do but belief. I'm telling you from experience in my life, I, with this week was praying and there's times when it's so hard, for, for, I feel like it's so hard for God to give me something and I'm saying, God, where's my inspiration? God, what do you want me to say? And then I'll be in a situation, he'll remind me, he says, you're in a situation right now where you need blind faith. He says, speak about blind faith because blind faith pleases me. Amen. The world says, I'll believe it when I see it. The word of God says, I'll see it when I believe it. I'm going to say that again so that it'll simmer into your spirit. The world says, I'll believe it when I see it. And God says, you'll see it when you believe it. Amen. Blind faith. Do an examination of your faith this morning. Where is it? How strong is it? How weak is it? What's, is it being attacked? Yes, it's always going to be being attacked. But God wants us to be in a place, not of pain and suffering, but he wants us to be in a place where we say, God, I trust you. And though I cannot see the answer, though I'm in a dark room, though I can't understand where I'm going, I trust you, Lord, that you're going to help me. Amen? Let me give you another story. There was a tightrope walker. See, a lot of times God asks us to do things that seem impossible. Has anybody been there? And if you haven't, if God hasn't, let me, let me stop there for a second. If you haven't been asked to do something impossible, you need to get closer to God. Because he should be asking you to do things that you cannot do in your own strength. Amen. The Bible says the just walk by faith not by sight. So if you're here and you're that person that's trying to control everything and see everything and know every step, you're not probably doing the will of God because God says, no, I lead and you follow. Amen. There was a tightrope walker who did incredible aerial feats. How many have ever seen those on TV? They're pretty amazing. This guy's true story. All over Paris, he would do tightrope acts at a tremendously scary height. And he was very successful. He would do it blind, sorry, he would do it and then he would do it, after he would do it once, he would do it then blindfolded. He would go across the tightrope blindfolded. Then after he had gone across it once, he'd go across it again blindfolded. Then the third time he would do it pushing a wheelbarrow. An American promoter read about this in the papers and wrote a letter to the tightrope walker saying, Mr. Tightrope, I don't believe you can do it but I'm willing to make you an offer for a very substantial sum of money and all your transportation fees, I would like to challenge you to do your act over Niagara Falls. Now, Tight wrote back, wrote back, Sir, although I've never been to America, I want you to really think about this story. Although I've never been to America and seen the falls, I'd love to come. Well, after a lot of promotion and setting the whole thing up, many people came to see the event. Let me turn this off real quick. Tightrope was to start on the Canadian side and come over to the American side. Drum roll began. And as he became, he began to come across the rope, which was suspended over the treacherous parts of the falls, he, blind, he did it blindfolded. After he made it across easily, the crowd went wild. And he came to the promoter and said, well, Mr. Promoter, 
Now do you believe I can do it? Well, of course I do. I just saw you do it. No, he said, he said, Mr. Tightrope said, do you really believe I can do it? Being a little annoyed, he said, yes, of course I do. I just saw you do it. No, 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 Mr. Tightrope said. Do you believe I can do it? Yes, Mr. Promoter, Mr. Tightrope, I believe you can do it. Good, he said. You get in the wheelbarrow. Come on. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things not seen. You realize that that is what God is asking us to do? Think about that. That sounds crazy. But God has already walked the tightrope. Jesus has already gone all the way down to hell. He has already walked out every step he would ever ask you to walk in. And all he's asking you to do now is get into the wheelbarrow. He's asking you to trust him enough. See, a lot of times, this is, this is really where the rubber meets the road. We say we believe. We say, God, I know you died on the cross for my sins. I know you paid a price. I really believe. And then God says, do you really believe? We say, yes, God, I really believe. And then God says, get in the wheelbarrow. Get in. And then all of a sudden, that faith we had is not quite so strong. How many know it's easy to have faith for somebody else? Amen? I remember when I was sitting there at 18 or 18, 18 and a half years old in a church, just saved and had told God at the altar, I'll do anything, God. I'll go anywhere, God. I want to serve you. Yes, God, I'll answer the call. And as I sat there that morning on a Sunday morning, with, with the pastor's son preaching a message about going to Costa Rica to learn Spanish, I sat there and amened him. I sat there and said, you can do it. Yes. Go. Send him, Lord. I was cheering him on. What did God do? Came up to me after service through my aunt and uncle. And said, Blake, we think God's telling us to tell you, you should get in the wheelbarrow. And I gave him the, the spiritual answer. I had been saved long enough to know it. I'll pray about it. Within two hours, the Holy Spirit said, you're getting in the wheelbarrow. And I got in the wheelbarrow. And I went. Amen. How many want to get in the wheelbarrow this morning? Come on, how many want to trust God enough to step out and know that God, I know some of y'all still ain't, ain't, ain't quite ready to lift it up yet. Oh, thank God for the Holy Spirit. Amen. Write this down if you're taking notes. Write this down, this is powerful. Faith hears the inaudible. Sees the invisible believes the incredible and receives the impossible. That's powerful. Yes. Faith hears the inaudible, 
sees the invisible, believes the incredible, and because of all that, the, 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 the reward is receives the impossible. I would have to write a book of all the things I've seen in my life. There's no way. You, you, did, you, did you read in the Bible where they said there's not enough books in all the world to share what Jesus did? If, if you have stepped out into blind faith in your life, you can see and know that God has, is so real. See, when you've stepped out into faith and believed God for the impossible and you've seen him come through time after time after time, you get to a place where you say, God, even in the times where I want to quit, even in the times where I don't want to believe, God says, you've seen way too much to go back. You've seen way too much to quit. I've showed my hand way too many times. And you would stand with or me without an excuse. Amen. But how many know the problem is, is our short-term memory? Come on. It does. Short-term memory gets in the way because for some reason, all we remember is the bruise. All we remember is the pain. But we don't remember the triumph. We don't remember the healing. We don't remember the miracle that comes after it. We don't remember all the good things, come on church, that God has done time and time and time and time again. Some here would say, it's just too foolish. I just, you might even be here and you might be saved. You might be a believer, but your faith is being attacked. And you say, is this really possible? Wednesday night, I'm going to have my brother-in-law share his testimony of being raised an agnostic not believing in anything of God and not knowing anything of God never having anything spoken to him about God and so for you if you know somebody that is an agnostic or anything like that invite them I was playing basketball with Brian on <clears throat> a Tuesday night over in Addison and we were we, we uh were playing a game and uh, one of the guys we played with kind of got me mad, and so I didn't play the next game, and I just sat down and put my headphones on and was listening to some praise and worship music so I would stay in the spirit. <laughs> and Brian came over, and it was our game to play again. When you lose, we don't like to lose. When you lose, you have to wait to play again. And so we were waiting, and I said, our game's coming up, and I said, no, I'm not in a good place to play. So I just stayed there, and because of that, see, God will use crazy circumstances because of that, because he used that Pharaoh to, to get me mad, amen, and not play again. While they were playing, another guy from Bulgaria that Brian had talked to before I talked to him came up to me just out of the blue. I'm sitting there, and he just comes up to me. I don't even know him, and he just says, did you play basketball somewhere? And took my headphones off and began to share my testimony with him, began to tell him about Jesus, began to tell him about the Lord, just, just talked to him for the whole time they were playing. Got his phone number, and while we were talking, I, sa I said, what do, you do? do you believe in God? And he said the same things. I don't, know. I don't know about God. No one's ever told me about God. I don't know anything about God. In my country, we don't know anything about God. And I began to say, man, I've got a brother-in-law I want you to meet because he was there last year, and he got saved, amen? 
And I said, I want you to meet this guy. And so last Tuesday, uh, he went with us. And it was interesting how God will orchestrate things. When you step out in blind faith, we went back to the same place. And I texted the guy to see if he'd go. So I wanted to talk to him some more. And he said, I can't tonight. I got to work. He's a personal trainer. He said, I can't. I got to work. And so we're there shooting around, getting ready to play. And all of a sudden, I see him walk in the gym. All All of his things got canceled. So he could come to the gym. All of his personal training got canceled. And he showed up and we went out the door, huh, Jose? And we talked to him for a few minutes and he shared, it was, I was so proud of him, he shared his faith. And he didn't say church and he didn't say religion and he didn't say denomination. He said, Jesus changed my life and gave me a new life. Amen? These are the things that will happen. People will come behind blind faith. Miracles will happen. Supernatural things will happen. But you have people out there that are saying, I don't believe. It's too foolish. It's, it's just crazy. I, I can't believe that. We were driving the other day, me and him, to go down to get them some clothes. You know how it was when we came back from Costa Rica. Always buy your clothes here. A lot of clothes. Everything's very expensive in Costa Rica. They can get 15 things for what they can get three in Costa Rica. And so we were driving down to Hillsboro to some outlets. And... Uh, we were listening to some praise music. I was putting some on that I liked, and he was putting some on that he likes. And I looked over at him, and I touched his chest, and I said, last year at this time, God was softening your heart. He didn't know the Lord last time he came. He was softening your heart. I said, we were driving around. We went to San Antonio together, and we were spending time together. And I said, God was softening your heart. And I said, here we are a year later, and we're worshiping and praising God together, and Jesus is in your heart now. Amen. Isn't it amazing what God can do? But see, he uses foolish things. Let me read you one more story. Several years ago, a group of dazed crew members of a Japanese boat were plucked out of the sea, clinging to the wreckage of their sunken ship. Their rescue, however, was followed by immediate imprisonment once authorities questioned the story from the sailors. Every single one of them claimed that a cow had fallen out of the clear blue sky, struck the deck, shattered the hull, sunk the vessel within minutes. That was the story. They remained in prison for several weeks until the Russian Air Force reluctantly informed Japanese authorities that the crew of one of its cargo planes had apparently stolen a cow wandering on the edge of a Siberian airfield. They forced the cow into the plane and hastily took off for home. Unprepared for live cargo and unprepared was the, uh, was the Russian crew and ill-equipped to manage a rampaging cow in a, in a plane To save the aircraft and themselves, they shoved the animal out of the cargo hold as they crossed the Japanese sea at an altitude of 30,000 feet. And the cow really did come out of a blue sky and destroy the Japanese ship. But see, if you were to hear that story, it would sound foolish and dumb and idiotic, but the Bible tells me that the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing. But to those who are being saved, it is the power 
of God. How many can remember back before you met Jesus how foolish it sounded that what we believe as Christians would be that, that God somehow caused the virgin to bear a child who when he was fully born was man yet God and would really believe that this man yet God would die a horrible death and somehow before he did that walk on water and feed thousands of people and heal people and do all these amazing things and then somehow raise himself from the dead let me know that for the foolish that sounds crazy just like it sounded crazy that a cow had fallen out of the sky but I want to tell you this morning we believe what we believe out of blind faith we believe what we believe because not only does God say it and I believe it he proves his word over and over and over and over again has anybody in here ever seen God prove his word to you personally have you seen God move have you seen God do something have you seen God heal have you seen God deliver and if you're here this morning and you haven't I want to challenge you to step out on blind faith and trust God and he'll prove himself to you over and over again as the musicians come this morning I want to read two promise verses of hundreds I could choose Joshua 21 45 says this and I want you to pay attention as we finish not one say not one of all the Lord's promises to the house of Israel failed not one how many know that the Bible says that God cannot lie I've said this before but if you're taking notes I want to say it again there's two things God cannot do how many remember what they are two things God cannot do it's impossible for him to do you say what can God not do there's two things he can't do one he cannot lie and two he cannot fail he cannot it's impossible you say oh God can't do this no what God can't do is fail and I promise you if you believe and have faith there's nothing impossible for God but you got to get to a place in your walk with the Lord that you understand that things don't always happen the day you ask for it things don't always happen the next day after you ask for it sometimes they don't even happen the same year but if you have faith that is not wavering and you walk in that blind faith how many know for 250 miles that those blind Chinese men walked it had been easy after a hundred to say I can't go any further how many of you when you're listening to a message try your hardest to really picture the things that are being talked about and I put myself in that place and I say I don't think I could have gone 250 miles not knowing where I'm going the Bible says that Jesus was led to the slaughter just like that he knew where he was going he knew it was going to be bad he knew it was going to be horrible and even in his humanity at one time in the prayer in the garden of Gethsemane he said God I've come this far but I really don't think I can finish the man side of me is not ready to finish this but the God side said not my will but your will be done I've said it a thousand times and I believe it I thank God I wasn't on that cross and you weren't on that cross and anybody else wasn't on that cross but Jesus
because he finished. He had blind faith too. He was on that cross. You think, man, he was Jesus. He was God. But even on the cross, God asked Jesus to have blind faith. Even on the cross. Even after he had done everything God had asked him to do. And he was on the cross. He had been beaten. His beard had been torn out of his face. He had been crowned a crown of thorns. He had been lashed on his back to where there was no skin left. He had walked that walk. He had been spit on and mocked, punched in the face. And he'd done everything. Then he'd taken the nails and taken them in his feet and hands and done everything God asked him to do. And even after all that, God said, I need one more step of blind faith. And the Bible says at the ninth hour, his presence left. That's blind faith. Oh, Jesus, don't understand what I'm going through. Watch what you say. He's, la he's, he's, he's laying on that cross and they lift him up and he's dying for us. And all of a sudden you think, oh, I can't feel God. Well, Jesus let, lost the presence of God for a time. And the Bible says God turned his face. And for a moment, Jesus said, God, where are you? Why have you forsaken me? But see, the blind faith leads to amazing victory. Because he stayed there. And Jesus came, God came back, that presence came back, and then he was able to say, it is finished. It is finished. Amen. God is looking this morning for blind faith. One more verse that's powerful that the Lord put in my heart was 2 Corinthians 1.20. For all the promises of God in him are yes and amen. Yes and amen. All God's promises are yes and amen. Amen. What you need to do this morning is stand in blind faith on the promises of God.